Welcome, this is the Sales IQ Podcast. My name is Luigi Prestoninzi, and I'm on a mission to help salespeople be the best sales professionals they can be. Each week, we'll bring you a different message from thought leaders from around the globe so we can help you master the art of selling. What's the difference between a high-performing sales professional and a mediocre sales professional? It's the action one decides to take. Our entire focus of this week's episode is on action. And we're joined by Alice Abraham, who is an SDR at DocuSign, who I've had the privilege of coaching for a number of months through one of our Create Pipeline programs. And he's going to share with us today the action that he has taken that helped him achieve 180% above target for last quarter. And that's amazing when you think about it. He's achieved incredible results. He's got people within the organization that are approaching him saying, hey, can you help me achieve similar results? How are you doing it? Now, I'd love to take all the credit because we've been coaching him for months and he's been taking our content and really owning the content and turning it into incredible outcomes. But what's allowed him to achieve these outcomes is the action that he takes each and every day. And he's going to talk about his cadence. He's going to talk about the number of touches that he puts into his cadence and how he thinks about the message and how he puts the message forward and the trigger events that he uses. But what's really awesome about this particular episode is the mindset that Alice takes into his role each and every day. Revenue operations is much more than words in a job title. It's a movement that is transforming sales, marketing, and customer success teams into high-performing revenue drivers. RingDNA is a recognized Gartner cool vendor that makes RevOps possible by driving improved operational efficiency and revenue capture from sales, marketing, and customer success. Trusted by the top companies across the globe, RingDNA offers a complete sales engagement, conversational intelligence, and revenue intelligence platform for Salesforce customers. Learn how we can transform your results at ringdna.com. That's ringdna.com. Every week, you hear me talk about mindset. You hear me talk about the importance of mindset and how it can become your competitive differentiator. And that is what you're going to hear in this conversation with Alice today. And what really inspires me about Alice is that he approaches things with not just a growth mindset, but he has no fear. He has no fear on executing his cadence, reaching out to senior, and he reaches out to some very senior people. And he goes that extra step, knowing that he's prepared to do more than what his competition is prepared to do. That is a big takeaway from this. Now, I've had, I've had the pleasure of coaching Alice for months, and I've absolutely loved seeing how every single week during a session, he hears something, he takes it down on his notepad, then he executes. And that is what this whole episode is about. It's about taking action. As you're listening to this episode, think about what are the actions that you can take that will help you differentiate yourself in the marketplace and help you elevate to be the very best you can be. Welcome to the show, Alice. Thanks, Louis. It's a pleasure to be here. Mate, I'm pumped. I'll tell you why I'm pumped to have you on our show, because we're going to talk about actively doing stuff. 
And just, just before we get, and people are going to go, what the hell are you talking about actively doing stuff? But, you know, unlike many of the guests that we have on our podcast, you're in the trenches every single day, creating self-generating pipeline for yourself in your role at DocuSign. But before we get into that conversation of how you can generate more quality opportunity pipeline through cold outreach, I'd love to learn a bit more about you and, and tell us a bit more about the role that you're working in at DocuSign. Yeah, for sure. So I suppose a bit about myself, I, um, I came from a professional rugby background, which um, so I've only been in sales for about two and a bit years and sort of being in that rugby background is competitive. It's a competitive environment. And I wanted to emulate that when I came into the corporate world and I thought sales was the, the best place for me to do that. I then um, sort of ended my career with, with an injury that I couldn't sort of come back from. So ended up and fell into recruitment, which very similar to sales, but it wasn't really what I was looking for. And then COVID hit and I was made redundant and didn't really have any, any options. And then started at SDR as an SDR at DocuSign. And then was in that role for a year and have progressed through now to a, to an EBR. Wow. Okay. So man, I think, you know, that's a pretty, pretty defining moment, right? So you, you ended your career. It wasn't something that obviously you planned, right? No, not at all. Okay. And sort of tell us a bit about what you were going through from a mindset. You obviously had planned on building a long-term career as, a, as an athlete. And then all of a sudden you had to make a transition. Um, what was going through your mind when that happened? I'll tell you what, it was, it was really tough. So I was, uh, I was over in the UK in uh, one of the premiership sides over there. And essentially on the same day of my injury, I was told that the contract was no longer valid. Um, so I was stuck in the, in the UK and I brought my fiance over with me as well, who wasn't working. So yeah. I, I was the sole income earner um, and I suddenly didn't have any income, was paying rent, paying for a car, all those sorts of things. So we made the tough decision. And I mean, it's a, it's a blessing in disguise because it was just before COVID. We made the tough decision to just sort of give up on that dream over there and come back here. But I think for myself, it was it was obviously a tough period. I think it was three or four months. I was unemployed. No other rugby clubs wanted me because of the injury. And I just sort of decided, you know, I need to go into something that's stimulating and exciting where I can have different conversations every day. And I'm chasing something that's rewarding. And that's sort of why I ended up here in, here in sales. Wow. And what attracted you to sales? It's a, it's a funny, funny story, right? So my, my old man's been in sales his whole life. And yeah. I've been, you know, in the car with him making conversations and seeing the sort of highs and also seeing the lows. And mm. I think when you compare that to a competitive sport environment, it's incredibly similar. Yeah. There's a lot of chasing highs. And when you get them, it feels great. And it's hard work to get them. And obviously I expect there to be lows, but because I had dealt with that in the career, I knew that sales would probably be the place where I could thrive. Yeah, I keep hearing this, you know, I've spoken to a few athletes that made the transition into, into the corporate world. And it's really interesting the way in which they look at, you know, business life versus being a professional athlete. And we have so much to learn, I think, especially in sales, that if we can take that mindset of a, of an athlete into the, the role of a sales professional, we can really elevate and, and achieve that high performance. Now, so you've been at DocuSign for what, 18 months, two years? Yeah, it's, it's about 18 months now. Okay. Obviously, we'll talk a bit about your start, but tell us about some of the results that you've been able to achieve this last sort of couple of months. I have been able to be pretty successful. And, you know, I put that down to, down to our training. I mean, coming into the, into the role, 
I obviously understood the mindset side of things, but you know, I had no idea how to cope no idea how to prospect. So yeah, I think I have been able to be successful over the last sort of six months as I stepped into the role. Yeah. And look, let's, let's be transparent, right? So for all of our listeners out there, Alice is part of his, he's, he's getting coaching from us here at sales like you. And this is one of the reasons why I've asked him to come on the podcast because he's, he's achieving some incredible results, taking the content that we're sharing with him and he's turning it into action. So this is why we've asked Alice because he's doing things right now that there are many people are struggling to achieve and you're exceeding target month on month yeah. and not just by 10 or 20%. Yeah. Yeah. I'm doing, I'm doing quite well. Yeah. <laughs> Give us a number. What did you do last month? I finished last quarter at 185%. <laughs> oh, we need the bell. There it is. There it is. <laughs> That's pretty good, man. So 180%. But one of the things that really stood out for me when we were during one of our coaching sessions, you spoke about your touches from an outreach perspective and your cadence. Tell us a bit about your cadence and how many touches your cadence covers over what period of time? Yeah. So I suppose in regards to cadence, I have adopted the, the combo prospecting. So I do my um, channeling of approaches all within the space of sort of 90 seconds. And yep. I, I think in average, I've worked it out. And obviously this varies dependent on job title and who, where they, where they sit within the decision-making chain, but I will put anywhere between 14 to 18 touches. And the reason that is, is I don't want to give up. I've got, I know that I can help them. And I know that without talking about the product, I know that there are, there's value that I can bring to these people. And everyone talks about there being a sort of fine line between being a nuisance and um, trying to get in touch with somebody. But I think, um, and I've heard someone say it before, you know, you don't know what their schedule is. You don't know when they're in meetings. You don't know, you know, anything that's going on in their life, really. You're, you're trying to give them value and, and trying to help them. And as long as you portray that you're trying to help them, I don't think you're pestering at all. You're trying to give them results. That's amazing. And, that's the first thing. The first learning that I took from you was you have a real mindset. You've got that real sales professional mindset, which is I'm, I'm here to help and serve you and I'm here to help achieve a result. So tell us the structure of your messages. How do they sound? So if you were to call me up, you know, I'm a CFO because you're also selling into the C level. You're also selling into, into some pretty senior people. How does that message sound? In, in regards to how it sounds, it's, it's obviously tailored for, for that person, right? Because yep. there's no point in me ringing someone in HR and telling them how to run the operations of the whole organization. So it has to be tailored for that individual. And what, what I've done is I've broken it down and we sort of had a, off the back of the training, we had a team initiative to break down what the values are and what we bring to certain individuals. And that's exactly what I lead with. So I suppose as a, as a bit of an example, Hi, Louis. Ellis here from DocuSign. I've got a few ideas how you can improve operational efficiency in a way that will reduce risk. When can we find 20 minutes to talk? And you'd be surprised. A lot of people go, if you've hit that initial part on the head and you know they're, yep. they're their two KPIs, then a lot of people will just go, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it does. It does. Let's find time next week. Do you ever get people that say, say to you, sorry, Ellis, what's this about or where are you calling from? Yeah, most definitely. Most yeah. definitely. And then, and and then, then you've then... Got, well, if, I, if I'm leading with efficiency and I want to stay along the efficiency line, if it's someone in operations, I'll say, look, yeah, completely appreciate the question. It's about driving efficiency by putting an end to printing, signing and scanning. Fantastic. 
and then you've got them kind of in a point of, 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 of engagement. Yeah. And I think it's very important. I haven't spoken about what we do at all. Yep. Like I haven't said, you know, <laughs> from being at DocuSign, there's a range of different things that we can do for them, but I haven't overcomplicated it. I've kept it to mm. a couple of things and I want the person to ask me how, and then I can yep. show them, you know, this is what other organizations have done. This is, and then as we get deeper through that sales process, that's when that stuff is uncovered. Yeah. And tell us when you st- first started, was this the approach you were leading with or did you lead with a different approach? So not, not really. So I, I didn't start with this approach. The, the approach I started with was phone and phone often, whether that's, you know, a double dial or call before work, call midday, call every day. It was just, I need to catch someone on the phone so I can, I can have that conversation with them really and break through. But at first I was asking more so if a conversation, I was implying that they knew the benefits they could get. So before approaching, I was like, oh, everyone knows what DocuSign does. Someone signed a mortgage, someone signed a, a tax agreement or something along those lines with DocuSign. So I don't really need to tell them what we do. So I was never talking about us, but I just was never in the first instance, I wasn't leading with value. Yeah. Which was closing doors. Yeah. And, and you know, what's interesting, right? Like if you actually think about it, what DocuSign does, it's a very simplistic process, right? It just allows yeah. you to sign a document electronically. When you actually think about how easy that, that solution is, but you're right. Like people aren't looking for the document to be signed electronically. They're looking for a certain outcome. They're looking for, it could be a contract, a sales contract that could sit in someone's inbox and they're just not going to get a chance to print it out. And that could delay the deal from going through. So, you know, from a, from a seller's perspective, it's allowing them to shorten the sales cycle, bringing cash quicker, right? They risk the business with the cash flow perspective. So there's all these improved benefits that come from, and I get this myself, you know, I get a lot of emails and we've seen this during our coaching session, Alice, where the emails are all product led. This is the features of what we do. And it doesn't kind of engage with me at all. You know, what's interesting about hearing about your cadence is you've got this incredible attitude when it comes to the volume of touches. Uh, I, I want to go back to that for a moment. You know, do you ever get people that are, are saying to you, like, this is too many touches or, you know, what, what's, what's some of the responses you're getting from people? If I, can, if I can lead with that value and deliver my message clearly and I suppose in a using tone and, you know, all those, all those sorts of little tricks, yeah. What, what you find is that the, the people often pick up the phone and apologize. They, they open the conversation with an apology for missing your calls and not replying to your emails. Then they give you a reason as to why. And it all immediately breaks that cold conversation because they're starting with an apology, mm. which is, yeah, it's very interesting. And that was a fear that I did have in the, in the first instance was, are these people just going to tell me to go away? Or uh, am I really annoying them? But the fact is, if you believe in what you're going with and, and you can show them how you can help them, you know, I'm not, I'm not trying to sell to them. I'm trying to give them the benefits. Yeah. And are you, are you using a sequencing tool or are you, you're running this kind of on your own? Yeah, completely on my own and manually. And the reason for that is if I did rely on a sequencing tool, I would, I feel like in myself, I would rely on the automation of it. And I don't want it to be that way because then I lose the, the tailored aspect of yep. going in and finding the strong trigger 
and then tailoring that to that persona. So I have basically mapped out my whole territory, every account that sits in my territory in, a, in an Excel sheet. And I record all my notes and all my comments and all the conversations that I've had in that sheet. And then that also provides me with my strategy. I know who I need to speak to. I know what the buying um, chain is. This is awesome, man. So, you know, I'm, I'm taking heat. I'm getting heaps of heaps of sort of questions popping up in my mind around this stuff. But again, I, I, I actually want to go back a step because you're not using a sequencing tool. You're, you know, you're conducting very personalized using trigger events to engage. What are some of the metrics and like how many outreach attempts are you conducting a day to your target market within your target market? So the beauty of it is because it's so tailored, I get more call connects. I get more people pick up. I get more people book in time in my diary. So in actual fact, I don't have to do a huge amount of outreach because I get people come back. I, I get people open emails. They reply yeah. to me. So I know what's going on in that sense. But if I was to put a number on it, I'd probably aim for 15 a day and try and do them in a two hour block. And around that two hour block, I use the morning to plan. So who am I calling? What are the triggers? What's my value and why? And then that two hours is purely just for prospecting. Okay. And that's when you're personalizing, doing combo, phone, text, email, LinkedIn. Yeah. And it's all yeah. planned out because I've done that in the morning. Yep. And you're getting, you know, 10, 15% conversion on that. Yeah. So something along those lines. And I mean, when I worked, when I was using an automated tool, the open rate or the reply rate was like 3%. And it was just okay. because you can't mass personalize. There's no way to be able to do it. I mean, there's all these little, you know, you can use snippets and all those sorts of things, but it's just not granular enough for that individual. Yeah. And, and look, we know we're aligned, Alice, because this is exactly what we talk about every week during our coaching sessions. And I think this is the the challenge that we have as a profession, right? We've got these incredible tools out there, like the outreaches and the ring DNAs, which are amazing tools, like sales lofts, limbless. We can re reel them off, right? And they're great because you can automate. But again, if we're engaging with a C-level executive or a senior decision maker, in order to stand out, we need to make it really relevant for them. We need to show them that we've done a level of research that shows hey, this is the research we've done on you and your company. Not, I'm taking a snippet of where you went to university or which football club you enjoy to like. Do you know what I mean? Because that's kind of irrelevant if it's yeah. not connected with that personalization component of why we are reaching out and how it connects them to the outcomes. Yeah, that's it. And you've, you've hit the nail on the head. I mean, you, you have to get granular with these. Um, these C-levels are probably receiving, you know, anywhere in excess of 500 emails a week from sellers. Yeah. And you have to find a way to differentiate yourself within that market in order to get a result. And I mean, mm. if the end result is just booking a meeting, that's fine. You've booked a meeting. You can understand about their business. You can, you have a relationship now with that person. Yeah. But they will give you, if they can see the effort that you've gone to, I, I can hands down say they'll give you 20 minutes. Yeah. And just on your, on your cadence. So you're doing it between 14 to 18. You're doing sort of 18 touches over what, a 10 day or a 15 day period. So I do it over, yeah, about a 15 day period. And obviously I do it, I, I condense those touches, right? So it's not 14 spread out one a day. Yeah. It's potentially, you know, phone, voicemail, email, LinkedIn message. Yep. In one block within, you know, a minute and a half. And, you know, as, as Tony sort of alludes to, 
you want them to know that you're trying to get a hold of them. Yeah. And it's not, it's not pestering. You're, as I, as I keep saying, you know, as long as you've got that message right, then it's, it's not pestering and it won't be seen that way by them. Yeah. So you're doing the, you're doing a combo, then you're backing it up. What is it? A day gap or two day gap? What's the gap of your cadence? Well, to be honest, it depends on how, like if I've had insight into an account where I know this person is the decision maker, I know there's something yep. going on and it's time sensitive. There's no gap. Yeah. Like it's mean. just, I'm going hard at that person because I need that conversation. Mm. But if it's a completely cold account, I try and have a day's gap and not, not for the persistent, not in fear of being persistent, but more so because that day allows me to come up with another strategy, like another trigger or, and I'll spend that time, scrolling through LinkedIn, going through a website, trying to find something that might be stronger. Uh, so what you're doing is in the, in the post, in your next combo, if you haven't had a response, you're, you're adding another trigger to reinforce the value proposition that you're putting forward. Yeah, that's right. Because the way I see it is the trigger is the reason for me to reach out. Yeah. And if I only have one reason and that reason wasn't good enough in the first instance, then I want, to re- I want to reinforce it. So I want to say, you know, I also saw this and yeah. then hit them with the other one. And then suddenly I'm hoping, obviously I'm not on the, on the buying side, but I'm hoping in their head they're thinking, you know, oh, he's researched into this. He aligns with this. He's clearly going to give me benefits with this. Oh, he's also seen this. Yeah. And, and he's going to give me benefits in regards to this. And are you threading the emails? So they're yes. forwarding? Okay. Yeah. 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 I thread them. Um, something else that I've, I've tried, which has been quite successful as well. If I get to the back of that 14 touches and I've realized, you know, I've sent five emails on that thread, I'll, I'll start a new thread. Okay. Because in my head, I'm thinking, you know, there must be a reason why they haven't come back to that one. Maybe they just haven't seen it. But mm. the likelihood is if this person's getting 500 emails a week, they won't even know who Ellis Abrahams is. Yeah. Because I haven't got through yet. Yeah. And it's funny, you know, when I, I looked at, I did some research and I think we spoke about this a couple of weeks back, average person's getting about 80 notifications a day at minimum, you know, and we think a phone call or an email or a voicemail and we're pestering them. They're not even seeing, they're not even seeing it, let no. alone pestering them. Right. So it's interesting that you're starting new threads and I love the fact that you're, you're adding extra triggers to make the, the, the connection even more compelling, which is fantastic. And so you're leveraging an omni-channel approach. Are you using video yet in your prospecting or is it purely just? Yeah, yeah just, just those. Uh, so phone call, voicemail, LinkedIn, text message. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm trying all of those ones. I have thought about video, but my space is public sector. And I think that's a bit forward in, in that space, just from the feedback. And I, and I, I do, I think it's similar to you, Louis. I asked prospects why they decided to speak with me. Like, yeah. what was it in my messaging that stood out to them? And what do they tell you? Well, more often than not, it's because I got the persona KPIs right. Ah, uh, bang. Yeah. Yeah. And again, you know, I think for most of my listeners, we keep talking about the persona and we, and Ellis, you hear me bang on about this pretty much every week, right? That the persona and the ICP are fundamentally the, the foundation that we build our messaging frameworks on. So Matt, I really appreciate you sharing this. So look, you've been in the seat, you haven't even been in the seat for two years. You're achieving amazing results. You've got a, a journey in front of you that's going to really see you become 
an incredible sales professional. For anyone that's getting into the seat for the first time or that's really struggling with their outreach at the moment, what advice could you give them that would help them feel really revitalized about the whole premise around outreach? I think there's two points to this. The first one is mindset. You have to have that mindset where you want an answer. You don't want the outreach that you do to go to waste by a a non-response. So you want an answer and you've got to have that mindset. You know, there is going to be rejection. We're we're cold calling. We're not going to resonate with everyone and we're not going to always get it right. But the fact is, if you have that mindset that you're picking up the phone and you're, you're going to have these conversations, you're going to do these channeled approaches, you're not pestering them. Yeah. You're, you're adding value. That's, that's a key part. And the second part is planning. I mean, I can't harp on about it enough. And I block out two hours every morning for planning because mm. without a plan, how can I expect to succeed in my cold call block? I, I can't just yeah. have a, a list of numbers to call and just yeah. use a spray and, a spray and pray talk track it's got to be personalized and it's got to relate to their KPIs. Otherwise, as I said, you know, what's the point of calling a CFO about HR on board? Like yeah. you have to get that, those things right. Relevance and personalization is key, right? And I think I love what I loved about what you said is, and there's a great quote by Winston Churchill that says, you know, if you fail to plan, you plan to fail. Right. And I think planning and mindset is, is an incredibly important component when it comes to selling. And we speak about this every single week. And I can't believe so many sellers are just going into sales process without actually doing any research on the buyer and without personalizing and make anything relevant and thinking the message is going to stick. Because regardless whether you're doing inbound or outbound, if you don't do that level of research and prepare the right message, they're both not going to deliver the results you're looking for. Yeah, you're, you're exactly right. And you know what? You might, you might get it wrong sometimes. You might get it wrong. Ask, ask why. Ask for, yeah. the, ask for the prospect's feedback. I know, I know it's quite a hard thing to do, but ask why, and then you'll realize where the KPIs that you might have got wrong or where your messaging you might have got wrong is, and then you can, yeah. you can change it. <laughs> yeah. Mate, well, this has been awesome. And I know, look, I think we've got so much more content that we can go through here. And I think in my eyes, Alice, I think there's a, there's a potential webinar coming up where me and you should be talking about how to build I've done one. I just did one actually, how to build a high converting cadence. And I think me and you should actually do one based on your cadence. But where can our listeners um, connect and find you? Ellis Abrahams, feel free to connect. I'm, I'm more than happy to, to field questions. And I mean, if there's anything that's sort of hit a nerve in, in what we've discussed today, feel free to reach out and I'm even happy to explain further. Yeah, well, man, this is awesome. And no, I appreciate you, man. I mean, I love, I've loved getting to know you through our coaching sessions. It's been awesome. I love the fact I see you taking you know, notes at every session. And you're obviously going away and taking action immediately. So this is awesome, man. And I just want to say thanks for allowing me the opportunity, you know, to coach you and provide you with some feedback and some content that's helping you in your career, man. And I just can't wait to see sort of where you get to in this, in this career. Thank you very much, mate. And, and same to you. Thanks for the, thanks for the sessions there. They're hugely valuable. And as, as you can see, I mean, training is training unless you put it into action, right? So I, I try and do it immediately. All of the things that, that we discuss, I try and do it immediately. And it's been a, a huge contributor in my ability to be successful is the fact that I just put it into practice and see what happens. Bang. Well, thanks man, <laughs> for coming on the podcast. Cheers, Louis. Thank you.